just in time for summer, the folks at Epic Brewing have released a new canned cocktail, the Utah Margarita. A delicious blend of real lime and agave, the Utah Margarita is ready to drink by the river or in the park. And here's the kicker, no need to buy it at a liquor store. Pick up a six-pack of Epic Brewing's Utah Margarita at any local Harmon's or Trader Joe's, or visit Epic Brewing on State Street in downtown Salt Lake City. It's Emily Means filling in for Ali Vallarta, and here's what Salt Lake's talking about. Salt Lake City is getting its very first food truck park. It'll be on 300 West in the ballpark neighborhood. And for food truck fans, this park is a long time coming. But it's just one of many changes on the horizon for 3rd West. It's Tuesday, September 12th, and this is CityCast Salt Lake. Taylor Anderson, editor of Building Salt Lake. Salt Lake City is getting its very first food truck park. And your story about it starts with this money quote from Lizzo. It's about damn time, which kind of makes me think that you're super psyched about it. Why are you psyched about it, if true? I moved to Salt Lake City from Portland, Oregon, which might be kind of the food truck park capital of Ah. the U.S., I don't know if anybody else out there has visited, but like each different neighborhood in Portland and they have a very like strong neighborhood identity thing going on. And um, each one usually has, or it's it's commonly has uh, like a a cluster of these food trucks that sometimes don't even have wheels. They're like permanent fixtures in the neighborhood. They don't go anywhere, but it's a small, relatively inexpensive place for restaurant tours to get their start and to serve the neighborhood and tourists and anybody else that's passing by um their food and to try to prove themselves out sometimes they go on to you know get their own brick and mortar restaurant but for the time that they are at these food truck parks or pods as they're sometimes called they're giving visitors the many different options in one spot and so like you want pizza tonight good there's a pizza food truck you want you know Thai the next night good there's pizza or Thai. you want tacos boom you got pizza Thai or tacos (laughs) and you get the variety where if you go with a group of friends you can kind of there's something for everyone. You can go yeah. to your respective trucks and then come back with your food and you each have been made happy for that night. So, you know, just based on experiences in cities like Portland and Austin, Texas has a pretty good, um, you know, food truck scene as well. Yeah. When the news broke that we're finally getting one of these in Salt Lake City, I was stoked and still am. Okay, so what? You just want Salt Lake to be more like Portland? Is that it? <laughs> Is that what it's about? <laughs> That draws ire of a lot of people, you know, comparing <laughs> any city to anywhere, really. I don't think actually the, the Trib had a story or the New York Times had a story where somebody compared yes. Salt Lake City to Austin. And, um, you know, it's good to borrow good ideas from other cities and bring them back. I think that's what makes cities really cool and they're not stagnant places. So, yeah, in this way, I would love it if Salt Lake City was more like Portland in that we will have at least one hopefully thriving food truck park. Yeah. Yeah, well, variety is the spice of life. So you sold it to me that way, I guess. Okay, so this food truck park, Block Party 300, is going to be on 3rd West in the ballpark neighborhood. Uh, You kind of set up what these look like generally, but can you paint us a picture of what this particular food truck park will be like? 
So based on descriptions from the owner, Danny Chang, it sounds like he's not going to be super rigid in what this layout is going to be like. But basically, there's indoor and outdoor full-time seating. So when the weather's nice, you can go outside. You can pick from your different food trucks that you want to eat from for that given meal. And then, you know, go sit inside or sit outside. It's fronting 300 West in the southwest portion of the Lowe's parking lot. It's in the parking lot? So it's in a building that was owned by Granados, and okay. I guess the Granados family recently sold it to Lowe's and still leases the space from Lowe's. So the new food truck park is a um, collaboration between ComCom Com Kitchen, which, which is a commissary where chefs can come like prep their food before going out and selling mm-hmm. them wherever they might sell them. This is like the, another extension of ComCom, Com, but in a new like brand and new form. Um, if you go down to Lowe's, you will see food trucks already lining that area of the parking lot and we'll see how Danny and the team end up like orienting the food trucks whether they actually have to relocate after the end of the night or if they're going to kind of like semi-permanently be fronting 300 west but that's where people will be eating either inside or outside or both once this is open inside or outside or both how do you have an inside option at a food truck park like doesn't that just become a like a food hall or like a cafeteria or something like that there's a lot of similarities and the coolest similarity is that like again it's really hard for if if emily if you were a baker and you wanted to like open up your first spot like you're not going to go sign a five-year lease and just hope that people really like your baked goods food halls and I think food truck pods or commissary kitchens. We saw this with 43 Bakery. Like they worked out of ComCom Kitchen and actually sold out of ComCom Kitchen and just within the past couple of weeks moved into their first brick and mortar store in Poplar Grove. So um, this might be kind of a continuation of that or another option for you know, the restaurants that might otherwise be in a food hall, which we're getting a growing number of those mm-hmm. in Salt Lake City, too, or in this case, a food truck park. So we'll see. OK. Do we know when this could potentially open? I don't want to get the wrong date out there. I think Danny's already rolling. I mean, the space is like ready. It was already operating for Granados. And so more food trucks are already using the Granados building as a commissary kitchen for themselves. So I think it's ready to go. And Danny's just going to kind of like ramp up the events and ramp up the awareness that 300 West is open. The construction is done. And now there are more options to eat. So it's happening. Yeah, for sure. Well, in your story, and I think even just now talking with you, you were like, oh, we're finally getting a food truck um, or a food truck park. But even Holiday has a food truck park. So why did it take until 2023 for this to happen in the capital city? Well, so to keep the focus on ComCom Kitchen, as soon as I saw them hang their sign on their spot at 37 West 1700 South in Ballpark, I called up the owner and I was like, dude, you got a big parking lot. You got the food Mm -hmm. trucks. This is what you've got to do. And obviously he's, uh, Danny Chang is a professional. He's a a foodie. He knows knows what a food truck park is. But he said, you know, they share a building with the Mexican restaurant Menos. And he was afraid that if he opened up you know, a variety of food options immediately next door, he was going to run them out of business. And that was a fear that he didn't want to, you know, prove out. Menos is delicious too, so. Shout out Menos, no doubt. Um, I don't know. I mean, part of it might be that our land is so freaking expensive in Salt Lake City that, you know, it's like a unicorn. You have to have like the land owner or you have to become the land owner. 
that is willing to like try to prove this out as like a money making year round venture in a place where it snows in a place where it gets 110 degrees in the summer. Mm-hmm. And um, I think the stars, it took a while for them to align. And luckily, that's what's happened here. I was wondering, Taylor, like, are there any zoning restrictions that prevent food truck parks from popping up more regularly and frequently? I think there there's a number of state and county regulations and laws that kind of make it, I think, are a reason why we don't have more of these in Utah. Yeah. Um, you have to relocate to a commissary as a food truck owner at the end of the day to prepare your food. And I think that's a barrier. Again, a lot of those food trucks in Portland, there are many that don't even have wheels, so they are not relocating (laughs) at the end of the day. They're not even trucks at that point. They're just (laughs) just shipping containers, I guess. Pretty much. Delicious shipping containers. Uh, (laughs) And that might be a barrier. I mean, across the country, there's been this angst between restaurants and food trucks, which are kind of on the rise nationwide. And it's like the restaurant lobby is afraid that and restaurant owners are afraid that if you have more varieties that don't have to have the overhead of a brick and mortar restaurant, that it's going to take away the customer base Mm -hmm. of an already difficult industry. It's hard to run a profitable restaurant. I don't know if you've seen the bear, but you know, it's pretty hard. (laughs) So um, from from everything I learned from the bear, it's really hard to run a restaurant. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And all of the local restaurants we've seen close recently, you know, it's tight margins, so. Extremely tight margins. So I get that there's a threat, but I think what we've seen from other cities is you can have both a thriving restaurant scene and a thriving food truck scene. And I think we're going to see that prove out in Salt Lake. The Living Traditions Festival is back in downtown Salt Lake City, May 17th through 19th. And this is when I come alive. It is so easy to sell me on three days of Washington Square and Library Square converting to a global food court. And this festival has truly been one of my favorites for years now. Living Traditions convenes the diversity of artistic traditions, food heritage, music, and art from the many cultures that have made Utah their home. You can expect everything from live music and dance to hands-on workshops, a little shopping, Sundance film screenings, and Bohemian Brewery. There is something for the whole family, and it's free entry. Come celebrate all of the rich cultures that make up our community. Find more information on the festival and view the full program guide at livingtraditionsfestival.com or on Instagram and Facebook at slclivingtrad. We talk a lot on this show about our city's crown jewels. What are the institutions that open doors in our community and regulate its pulse? I choose Salt Lake Community College, and it is a home for incredibly focused Salt Lakers. Nearly 80% of their students work while going to school, many full-time jobs. If I could do college all over again, I would not be 33 and sitting on these damn student loans. And slick students aren't. 80% graduate with little to no student loan debt or save thousands knocking out credits before transferring to a four-year institution. Every day, Salt Lake Community College is transforming lives and communities through education. If you want to learn something new, refine a trade, or pursue a higher degree for the first time, 
Explore your options at slcc.edu. Study alongside hard workers, save precious money, and be one in a class of 19, not 100. Taylor, I'm wondering what local food truck do you hope is parked there? Ooh, there's one called the Big Red Truck. I love them all. I love them all. I mean, yeah. I, I, this is not me hedging. Like, I, I am a very, like, indecisive person. When there's a truck parked outside of Fisher, I go outside and get whatever the truck is. So, like, honestly, just whoever shows up, I'm going to be jacked. What about you? I really like, uh, what is it, Falafel Tree? It's been a while. It's So this is, this is something I want to ask you about. It is really hard to find food trucks because you know like there are a couple of breweries where they might be parked at um and there's like a rotating list of food trucks but like if I wanted to regularly eat at falafel tree how do I find them so um I guess that this food truck park kind of uh mitigates that in a way right gives me gives me an easier way to find these food trucks that I love so much Yes and no. I think this will be more of a rotating cast. And again, it's, okay. we'll see how this all shakes out. But like the owner isn't saying like, this is how we're going to be. We're, he's just saying like, we have the space. And if you want to show off your food truck and you want a place, we have a place for you. So we'll see if it becomes one of those places where like, if you're in at Block Party 300 as a food truck owner, like that's going to be your spot. And then Emily, you and I can rely on that and know that a falafel tree will be there. One of the service that exists is the Food Truck League as like a an awareness. You can kind of look up where different food trucks are going to be. I'll, I'll keep my eyes open. Um, Taylor, in more ballpark neighborhood news, like you mentioned, the Third West Road construction is finally done. After two and a half years, did it feel like two and a half years that road was under construction? Not to me. 500 I mean, years, maybe. <laughs> I was biking on it during construction. You know, that's how oh I mainly God. get around town. So I was riding like Pee Wee Herman down 300 West while everyone else was pissed off and sitting in traffic. So sorry, wow. sorry, people who drive primarily, but you know, it didn't feel like two and a half years to me. It felt like a pretty nice, nice and fun time. All right. Well, I'm just glad you're alive to uh, talk with us today after (laughs) after riding through that. But I don't know. I'm thinking about this as like a new era of Third West. And we can we can look into the future and really make this area what we want it to be. How is the city thinking about the future of Third West in the ballpark neighborhood? I mean, it's it's important to look at the construction. So I, I concede it was a long two and a half years before that project finally wrapped up. But like that was such a crucial public investment that the city just finished. Um, I don't know if you even remember or even took a stroll down 300 West before, but there weren't freaking sidewalks. And when there were, you were either like zigzagging between power poles that were in the middle of the sidewalk. If you were in a wheelchair, good luck. I'm sorry. Or you were walking immediately next to 40 mile an hour traffic and oftentimes semi trucks. And so it was a totally unpleasant place. There was a lot of wasted space that right now, without taking any lanes away from car traffic, there is a separated protected bike uh, cycle track, bike lanes, uh, as well as continuous sidewalks. So like... Usually you have a cool place like Sugar House. We're going through this in Sugar House where it's already built. There's already cool places and bars and restaurants and shops that are already there. And now the city's like, shoot, our streets around here suck. How do we add safe, efficient streets and sidewalks and bike lanes into an already built up place? In the case of 300 West, it's kind of the opposite. You know, there's some housing that's already been built along the corridor, but by and large, it's like still what it was from 40 years ago. 
And we're kind of at the precipice where that's going to like immediately change or very quickly hmm. change from a strode or like a street that's not quite a highway and not quite a city street. Like it's something in between that's a strode. Um, 300 West is going to be lined with uh, mixed use apartment buildings, housing, um, retail, like this food truck park. There's going to be Shades Brewing. It's going to be a completely different street, both in the street itself, as well as what's lining it in the coming couple of years. Mm -hmm. Well, let's talk about what's there right now. Uh, Big box stores, Target, Walmart, Lowe's, further down is the Home Depot. Like that sort of stuff, having that stuff there does not feel like, you know, a a nice community space for me. They're not going to leave though, right? So we're just like building around them, building a vibrant community around them. Is that the plan? I think so. And it'll be interesting how it comes together. Basically, we're going to see the construction of thousands of new housing units. Among those are in like old warehouses that are going to be knocked down and then turned into new housing that is immediately adjacent to Target. So take Paxton Apartments or Paxton 365. That's where Paxton dead ends into I-15. It's Mm. overlooking the Target parking lot. And I think there's going to be that kind of awkward stage where like, I don't know. I've, I haven't been in one of those apartments. Maybe it's really great, but you're overlooking a big city of parking. Lot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, what's interesting to me is that a lot of the land, especially between 13th South and 17th South, is already purchased. It's already changed hands. Like my legendary neighbor, Racer Ray, used to work at a plumbing store, SNH Terminal, that is already sold. And I don't even know what it's going to become, but like, um, there was an old car engine shop that was sold and is going to be the new location for Shades Brewing, as well as a bike shop and other things that are on the way. So, like, it's going to be awkward in some ways, you know, because you still have those major big box retailers. But you're going to probably see the scales tip more towards, like, we now have thousands of people living on 300 West and we're going to have to, you know, retail and other businesses are going to have to come in to fill that, meet the demand, basically. It's going to be really exciting to see. Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, Third West is, what, two blocks away from the actual ballpark where, you know, we're seeing the bees are leaving and the city is looking at redesigning that space at the Smith's ballpark entirely. How does whatever goes there play into the planning for Third West? So all of this kind of change or a lot of this change stems from this urban planning study, let's just call it, or like a master plan update that the city recently finished for the ballpark area or the ballpark neighborhood. So that plan encompasses Third West, it encompasses the Smith's ballpark where it is today and where we'll TBD on what happens there in, in the future. But with urban planning, you have to plan for like not just banking on a baseball team, a minor league baseball team being there all the time. So this plan, the ballpark station area plan is what it's formally called, is like re-envisioning this whole multiple square miles of Salt Lake City and saying like, it's kind of urbanizing, but it's urbanizing upwind. There are a lot of like roadblocks that are kind of preventing it from being a cohesive like intentional, this is now our urban district, you know, in the ballpark. So that plan was like the first step of being more intentional with a big part of the city that is near 300 West as well as the ballpark right now. So what's going to help 
kind of spur all of this development is that the city is in the process of rezoning a lot of this area, like starting at the ballpark and going kind of in all directions out of there and being like for the first time in maybe 50 plus years, we have an updated modern plan for Salt Lake City's ballpark neighborhood. And that's what's going to guide a lot of the growth. And I think it's going to help get through that awkward stage where we have apartments overlooking big box retail parking lots because we now have a plan that's guiding the growth. Yeah. Well, it's good to have a plan. So you're riding down <laughs> Third West frequently. What do you want to see there, Taylor? It's already kind of happening, right? Like there is going to be shades. I like to bike to the brewery because why would I drive to a brewery or HK Brewing? I swear, I'm just go bar hopping. But like, yeah, <laughs> it's was, about the pubs for you. <laughs> it's about the pubs. All right. Um, no, I use 300 West like in multiple different ways. Like it is efficient to get like into multiple different areas of the city by bike. And it's also like I go to Home Depot, I go to Home Depot on my cargo bike or I do my Costco runs on a cargo bike. So it's already like actually filling a lot of needs for me. And then if we can keep seeing more restaurants, you know, maybe a grocery store, right? Like whatever, just things. I think of things in the city that I like to see as like, what am I trying to get done? And like, you know, whatever errands, like, like, like I said, coffee, groceries, if there was a daycare on 300 West, that'd be sweet because there's going to be a lot of people, hopefully with families, living on 300 West soon. So that's what I would like to see. But what yeah. about you? One-stop shop. What about me? Another Target. <laughs> <laughs> it's so basic. <laughs> <laughs> well, you see, Target is my gym. It's my museum. It's, uh, let's see. What do I want to see? I don't know. I mean... Anything is an improvement. Like, I don't find myself often going to Third West for anything other than Target, sadly. And one time that axe throwing place next to Target. But, you know, I'd love to spend more time down there if there's some coffee shops or things for me to do there. Like a reason for me to go there besides running errands. So I'm down for whatever. Yeah, maybe like a bout time pub or something. Maybe not. I don't know that we need another one of those. So. <laughs> anyway. All right. Building Salt Lake editor Taylor Anderson, thank you so much for your reporting and uh, for sharing it with us. Thanks for having me on. I love CityCast. Speaking of the future of the ballpark neighborhood, Salt Lake City just launched the community visioning phase of Ballpark Next. That's the plan to decide what happens with the soon-to-be-vacant Smith's Ballpark. There's a survey open through the rest of September to help shape the guiding principles for this development. I'll link the website in the show notes for you if you want to take that survey. That's all for us today on CityCast Salt Lake. Thank you for listening. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more from around this city. Bye! Bye!